Hi everyone, uh, my name is Anastasia, also known as Xir Tempest, and this is the Consciousness Expansion Podcast. So, I just want to let you know I'm going off the dome, which means I'm just going to be talking on the spot about things that I believe, uh, my knowledge and perspectives of the world, and won't go into as much depth as possible. But of course, you know, feel free to listen all the way to the end. I'll make sure to keep everything as simple and concise as possible. I am still learning how to podcast. I'm a newbie to this. I've done a couple podcasts in the past, but but it's never um, ever been just me talking to myself for an hour straight or two hours straight. And I'm hoping to, in the future, uh, do podcasts with other people. So perhaps this is going to be the catalyst. This is what's going to lead on to the next chapter of my life, which is basically just sharing who I am with the world and learning new things along the way and becoming better than who I was yesterday, you know, the month before, the year before. There's always a constant but steady progression um, who into who I desire to be. And maybe someday, you know, my future children will listen back to these episodes and be like, wow, that's my mom. And they can actually witness the timeline of how far that I've come. And this isn't for glory or to be famous or anything like that. I just want to set this intention. I'm very aware about the things I should and shouldn't say. And of course, you know, when you listen to this podcast, some things I may say may be a bit triggering and may not be agreeable, but of course, you know, we can agree to disagree on certain perspectives, and I have no problem, you know, with clarifying my point of views. If for for some reason I get canceled in the future, um, I don't care. I'm going to be honest with you at this point. You got to, you got to grow enough to be able to understand why someone thinks the way they do and if you are just so easily triggered by something that contradicts your own perspective then I don't know what to tell you but it's time to have a reality check and realize that your perspective your point of view the way you see the world isn't completely accurate and is not going to be accepted among everyone So just getting into this, um, just for the discretion, Anchor only allows me to record up to half an hour on my red, on my web browser. So there will have to be a cutoff period where I pause. So once we get to that point, I'll go ahead and take a quick break and then I'll go and go on to the next half hour. So I'm hoping to make these at least half an hour. And I know a lot of this is just rambling and me setting the intentions and foundations for the future of this podcast. But if you bear with me, there will be some valuable knowledge and content um, insights along the way. So uh, just another discretion, my voice changes a lot. So sometimes my voice is deep, sometimes my voice is softer, higher pitched. Um, it, It just varies. It really varies. I don't know why. I just never really have one consistent voice. Sometimes it's very smooth and soft. Sometimes it's very raspy. I just don't know what it is. I just, it's just maybe the way I am, the way my voice is. 
Because sometimes I'll just talk and I'm like, dude, I didn't even sound like this yesterday. Like, what is going on? So it's kind of weird and interesting to kind of witness the, the shifts and changes in my voice and uh, my voice as I begin becoming more comfortable with expressing myself vocally. So getting into this this podcast, there's a, a bunch of things I've been going through, just more so going to talk about this period of my life right now. So a year from today, I can definitely say that I was going through a lot of trauma, and a lot of that trauma was surrounding uh, relationships with my family, um, someone that I love from the past, and I've gone through some very deep and intensive healing. <coughs> and during that period, I realized how easy it is to become distracted. I think distractions, especially when it comes to phone addiction, I think phone addiction is going to be one of the most atrocious, like, mind-boggling addictions because it's just something that is going to be deeply embedded in the culture, and it already is, but the matter of us becoming so dependent on technology that we just can't live without it is really going to have a serious impact on the future. And I hope if my children do listen to this podcast, they understand why I'll probably have them wait till um, they're later teenage years to get a cell phone or have any form of uh, technological device. And of course, I'm not going to deprive them of technology. It's more so, um, you know, just kind of creating those restrictions in a sense, because I feel like our children won't have a childhood, really. I mean, almost, I don't see kids outside anymore, very rarely. When I was a young, when I was like, seven or eight years old, I used to go play outside every single day. There's always people outside. And if there weren't, I would find a way to have fun. I would ride my bike around. I would, you know, go around the neighborhood, see what's going on, see if anyone wants to come hang out. I don't see anyone do that anymore at all. It's crazy. So just seeing the fact that kids, you know, in their youth aren't even having normal healthy connections with other kids is just really concerning so i have nothing against technology and i believe it will accelerate society uh, and innovate the way that we communicate and the way that we you know run the world you know just artificial intelligence is not a matter of fact of if but when and how and what the fact or what the consequences, what the implications are on society. Um, And so one of my predictions is that I believe that people will start becoming more indulged in technology to the fact that they might, you know, people won't even walk anymore. They'll probably have some technological wheelchairs or some ways of uh, transporting people you know, especially like on sidewalks instead of like streets, um, because one thing of the concern is gas prices and also um, environmental concerns regarding fossil fuels. So definitely the shift in technology towards a more electronic or electric based uh, fuel, or I'm not too um, technologically savvy on certain ends, but I do understand how computers work you know, TVs, you know, the basics of 
basic fundamentals of technology, but when it comes to the very specific technicalities, please do not, you know, judge me for for saying something that's like, hey, you should not have said that, you know, because right now I'm in the learning process. So you could uh, you could think about it like this. Like right now, uh, I'm in the midst of learning things so that when I share my knowledge and insights, they will be accurate and I won't have to give all these crazy discretions saying, hey, this might not be accurate. So um, that's definitely going to be coming more in the future. I just kind of sometimes just like to talk and rant and go off on things and topics that, you know, just have a value and purpose and meaning. But back to the technology thing. I mean, I just bought an iPad and it's amazing. You know, there's so many different things you can do with it and I think the future of society is going to be all of us reading books on the phone um you know like having holograms like literally display 3d figures of you know people's bodies and you know like they said there you know this whole metaverse topic has been coming up especially with Facebook changing their name um I don't see it coming anytime soon considering the technology advancements um need to need to have some tweaking and there definitely needs to be um some revolutionary uh technology that makes it possible but of course you know we do have virtual reality headsets they did look a few up and they're actually becoming very popular um i know it's it's talked about a lot on social media but i rarely come across people use vr headsets i mean for the most part i'm pretty sure it's a small percentage of each a small percentage of people who are adapting to the shift in technology by trying out these headsets. As with anything, a tool has the possibility to be beneficial or destructive. And so I believe the future of VR, I don't think it's exactly going to control humanity. Um, in a sense, we're all just going to be freaking living through these headsets because, of course, there's other concerns at work, and I don't think anyone really wants to be glued to their headset for their entirety unless of course they're like a pair of glasses that you just walk around with and they integrate the vr technology into our daily lives that so that we're not just plugged into this matrix of a metaverse um but yeah enough about that i just wanted to talk a bit about that because that was on my mind um so i think i completely stepped over the um deep intensive trauma healing that i was doing but uh, a lot of things that I, oh, because it, it was it was going back to distractions. So distractions are crazy in society. They're running rampant, and social media is definitely becoming one of them. I mean, it already is, but it, when I say becoming, I more say in the process of. Because, I mean, te- technically, te- uh, technology and social media are in the process of being innovated. So in the future... We definitely are going to see a lot of shifts in the way that people communicate with each other as we begin advancing more technology. But back to distractions. Um, another big distraction I've noticed um, is just it, it's just being so hyper focused on what's going wrong that you just can't focus on the present moment or you're thinking too much about the future. So I noticed that the biggest distraction is often living too much in your head and not really living in the present moment and confronting what needs to be um, faced right now. Because often we push things off, we procrastinate, we 
don't allow ourselves to have that immediate healing. So I, what I do is I'm feeling sad. I'm just going to cry. Just going to cry. Just going to let it all out. Not going to hold anything back. And if someone sees me cry, then so be it. If someone hears me cry, someone hears me scream, someone hears me yell, someone sees me frustrated, angry, all these negative emotions, anything that I experience, I am not going to hide from the world or myself because being vulnerable, I believe, is one of the most significant traits that you can have in a society that forces people to suppress their emotions. And especially considering even though they're not emotions that are pleasant and certainly no one wants to see you cry or angry or go through that but it's just a part of life that we have to accept and have the emotional maturity and intelligence to be able to handle with them in a healthy manner and this is something i actually was writing about on my patreon and um i actually will bring up that post right now um, in just a moment because i will go over it um, but the reason why um, i wrote this was because i just I've gone through a lot of negative emotions myself, and um, I've seen the wreckage it can cause when they're just unexpressed for extenuous periods of times, and it's just, it's not healthy. It really isn't, and I think everyone could acknowledge the fact that anything that isn't confronted eventually arises up from the unconscious, kind of like a skeleton in the closet or monster under the bed that needs to be confronted to accept that in reality in the moment exists but later on is it really going to matter are these things really going to live with you for the rest of your life if you decide to let them go and the answer is no because as soon as you release something you don't let it control you anymore so basically the patreon post was in regards to explanation explanations and reasonings for negative emotions and so Basically, I was just going through um, typical emotional um, transferences. So like from anxiety to fear to terror, what is the process of that happening? Why does it happen? And um, particular causes of why that does happen. So for example, one of the things I wrote for anxiety to to terror and fear is when we expect the worst case scenario because of previous traumatic experiences, our deep-rooted fears that have been attached to your mentality. So often when you attach onto a traumatic memory and you live through it for the rest of your lives, you have nightmares about it, you avoid, you know, maybe, maybe you had a car accident that was very, very severe on your body, you have a permanent uh, scar, You maybe you lost a limb. You know, maybe something very, very traumatic happened to you and therefore it prevents you from driving a car, getting on the freeway, choosing not to go out in the world and experience it to its fullness because of those previous traumatic experiences, which can lead from anxiety. So it can, you know, start out just you getting nervous about it and then the fear arises and you start to feel fearful about it and then you feel absolute terror because now that trauma has, uh, you know, wrecked it's it's terror on you or it's um it's uh, it's suffering or i'm trying to find the right verbiage but you know yeah so and then go from like insecurity to unworthiness um you know you validate destructive criticisms about yourself 
and you don't defend your own self-image when you're presented the opportunity to do so. Um, so often when we, when we absorb these criticisms about ourselves that we maybe were told as a kid or teenager that staunched our ability to embrace a part of ourselves, instead we looked at it into thinking that we're not worthy enough because we're not a certain way or we're not who other people think we should be. So uh, eventually, you know, that insecurity transfers into unworthiness. And, you know, there's a couple other things too. You know, you conceal your personal flaws and you be you begin to feel okay or pretend to be okay with the resentment that you hold towards yourself for, for feeling that insecurity. It's kind of a double whammy. You feel bad about yourself because you feel unworthy. And you've seen yourself through an image of who you should be instead of who you are. And therefore, you know, you condemn yourself because you cannot accept your imperfections. And then that perception of self is distorted by a sense of dysmorphia. So often we call it body dysmorphia when it's our body, mental dysmorphia when it's our mind, emotional dysmorphia when it's our emotions, and then, you know, idealistic dysmorphia when it's this perception of ourself that is completely distorted and just completely out of touch with reality so it's it's very important to kind of come back and realize that that is not who you are and it never was and you have been conditioned to live in that self-image because it's been fabricated by society that it that you have to be a certain way in order to be societally or socially accepted And then, um, you know, just a couple other things. I'm not going to go through all of them, but um, as I'm scrolling down, there's one about resentment to anger to rage. You know, if you withhold unexpressed uh, concerns about the way someone's treating you in order to keep peace, you know, um, you suppress that resentment instead of expressing it, and therefore it strengthens over time into anger. And therefore, when you're Pressing those conflicting thoughts and emotions, it eventually leads to an explosion of every single emotion that was suppressed. And then um, down to the bottom, you know, I did sadness into depression. You know, it stagnates your ability to move past cynical, nihilistic uh, thinking patterns, and you're just hyper focusing way too much on the dark, chaotic ugliness, you know, all aspects of the worst parts of life. Um, you know, you're unable to process your trauma healthily, which is something I was just talking about. Um, and then your self-expression is staunch. And so I've noticed um, when I was going through years of trauma, the only way I would really express myself was through writing, but never through communicating and talking with others. And that's why um, I had um, minor speech impediment issues. I had, a, I had really bad social anxiety and I had to work through all of that. It was very tough, but as I began accepting myself and was surrounded by people who accepted me for who I am, I started to feel more comfortable in my skin. And then eventually I'm at the point where I really do not care what other people think about me. I mean, to a certain extent, yes, but really it doesn't have a grip on me. At the end of the day, I can let other people's perceptions of me go because I know who I am. And that knowing of yourself is so important, and I swear I will stress this more than anything else when it comes to my children because I really do not want them to live 
through a perception of who they should be because it is absolutely imprisoning. This feels like you're just in this mental prison, constantly chasing after this image of yourself that doesn't even really exist. Just all in your mind. Um, but yeah, so just kind of looking at the mark right now. We're at 20 minutes. Uh, we have a few more minutes of speaking. So as you notice, my voice is a bit deeper. And, you know, I've been talking a lot today. So I've kind of adjusted my tone to a deeper tone voice. Um, it does get a bit raspy over time. So I apologize if you do see or you do hear the shifts in my voice. Another thing, too, I, I tend to think a lot faster than I speak. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people come across this problem is when they their minds are just going like a million miles per hour and it's just your mouth just cannot catch up in reality if i talked the way i think i don't think a lot of people would really understand me so it's just kind of funny how you have to kind of sit here and pause and really think about what you should say next and um and a really important thing in this chapter of my life has been being more conscientious about the words that I communicate with myself, with the universe, and everything around me. Uh, because the power of manifestation is real, and I actually noticed this today. I mean, I've always believed manifestation is real. I've never doubted it. Uh, but you really start to see it the more you align with um, your true self. So I, I describe the true self as... Uh, the soul that is expressed and it sh it shines without the ego dominating uh, its essence. So I describe the soul as just more than just like spirit, soul, or energy. I actually uh, am a personal believer that the soul has its own inherent consciousness and the soul is what gives the body consciousness. And of course, the brain is kind of like the computer program. So think about the soul as the energy, and then the brain and the body are more so um, the communicators, the kind of like wires, for example, the way your brain is wired, the way your body's wired. Uh, if there are malfunctions in the body, it doesn't mean that it's deprived of energy. It just means that there's circuits that are broken. They're just not communicating between uh, the intervals in a smooth and consistent pattern it's staunched it's cut off and that's why we experience um you know problems in our body when we experience pain it's like the nerves are triggered to a point where it's an over excess of stress and pressure and even when you have a cut it cuts off um the cells and the cells are the way of passing on that energy therefore that's why we experience pain See, the thing is, if it wasn't for the, the cells um, in our body, we wouldn't even be able to be an organism. You know, we're, we're consistent of billions of other microorganisms that have their own consciousness. And therefore, where does this consciousness come from? Because obviously, when the body dies, you know, the we become dust. Therefore, it is... I believe the, the, the most logical thing, the most logical, it makes the most logical sense to consider the soul as the reason why the body begins developing. Because think about it, you know, when um, a sperm cell and an egg cell, they come together, 
you know, those are two different cells that consist of two different energies. And it's from two different people and they come together as one. And then a child begins developing, a baby begins developing. And so the question is, where does that energy come from? It comes from the mother, the father, or is it from an external source that is transferred into the body once those egg, those, those, um, the egg is fermented and, and has the, you know, the sperm cell living inside of it? And it basically duplicates cells until it becomes an entire organism or being. I don't know if I explained that exactly 100% correctly, but that makes some sense to me. Um, anyway, so back to the soul being the source of consciousness. So yes, I believe the soul is the source of consciousness, not the brain. Because if the brain was a source of consciousness, it actually would be one of the first organs to develop. But in the reality... I don't know if this is 100% true, but they said that the butt or the bottom part is like one of the first parts of the body or the parts of the organism that starts developing in human beings. I don't know if this is true for other animals or species, but I know for sure. For a fact, I, I did see that the butt and the bottom or the bottom is the first to start developing. I don't know why. I, I don't know the science behind it. I don't know if there's actual logical reasoning for this, but um, I can go ahead and look it up, you know, if you guys are concerned. Oh, I think it's the anus. The anus generally develops first and then the mouth. And then... Oh, okay. Got it. Okay, so it's it starts from the anus. I knew I wasn't wrong. I just I don't know if it was the butt or you know obviously the, it would make sense though for the the anus and then the mouth to develop first because call me weird but they're shaped like portals like the hole is a portal and you know the the hole for the mouth is where life enters and then. The butt is where it exits the body. So it makes most sense why the anus and the mouth would be the first to develop first. And that really is, is interesting to think about. <laughs> the more you know. Okay, so I'm going to cut it off right here. Um, and then I'm going to continue on in just a moment. I'm just going to give myself a bit of a break, get some water. Um, we'll go ahead and continue. I know this is like a raw podcast. I'm literally going off my brain right now so please forgive me um but thank you so much for listening and if you want to continue listening just wait just a moment and we'll be back or i'll be back hello hello and now we're back all righty well thank you for waiting just a moment for me so i was thinking about talking a bit about the realizations i've had on my spiritual journey. So we'll go ahead and be getting into that. So I started my spiritual journey very young, but of course there were times I did stray away um, from my spiritual side and becoming way too focused on the material uh, physical world. Um, A lot of this also had to do with the fact that I didn't have much of a social life 
you know, when I was younger in middle school or elementary school. And it wasn't until um, like pretty much sophomore going into senior year of my high school that I actually started uh, talking to more people, making more friends, getting out more. Uh, I was very withdrawn uh, from society, very to myself, pretty much a loner. And so, but during those times, um, it was very important because it really put my mental health and my overall personality to the test because I had to do a lot of um, inner work and seeking who I really wanted to be in this world outside of this image that was projected onto me at a young age. And so a lot of that image consisted of me being a good girl, being smart, being shy, uh, you know, me being, you know, the innocent girl, you know, I was considered very innocent and uh, I was pretty naive in a lot and in a lot of different ways. I mean, I was, I already had been exposed to the world, uh, but I had never really actually been a part of it and experienced it myself. I've kind of saw the world growing up from looking from outside the glass within. And it wasn't until I actually jumped inside the glass that I firsthand experienced how lost and crazy this world can be. And the insanity of going through those experiences actually, uh, you know, it gave me a reality check because it's crazy to think about how self-aware and innocent and you know true to myself and God that I was and then completely going 180 in the opposite direction and seeing myself become something that I never wanted to be is just it's heartbreaking you know I broke my own heart by going against my moral codes by becoming you know this person that I couldn't even recognize and I will actually tell you a personal experience so back in 2017 um, this is was that this was the time where I was going out a lot. I was hanging out with people. Um, I wasn't at a really solidified or healthy place in my life. I was smoking weed every day. I was I, I didn't really drink too much or do anything else. It was just pretty much I was just you know just not really living my life the way I should. Uh, I was pretty lost and I was just finding ways of coping with my problems. And so that was going out with friends, getting high, and just having fun. And um, there was this this boy that I grew up with. I won't say his name, but we went to a park and we hotboxed the car. We literally had two bongs and we were smoking blunts. It was. I still love weed. I I don't think weed's a bad thing. I just more so it's just my mentality, my lifestyle choices, not the marijuana itself. I still like it. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so my lifestyle choices were pretty bad. Um, and I think it was pretty obvious that I didn't know what I was doing with my life. And my friend that I used to go to church with, this boy, you know, I used to have church group with him and see him on, you know, Thursdays and Tuesdays and hang out with him and do Bible study. And he was one of the first friends that I made when I went to church. And I got really close with them, and we used to make each other laugh. It was it was really we had a really good relationship with each other, and I really liked being around him. And 
enjoyed having conversations with him and this other girl. Um, eventually what happened is that I just stopped going to church throughout high school and you know, I strayed away. And while we were hotboxing in the car, you know, I was holding the blunt and I was smoking. And I literally looked over and there was a car parked right next to us. And there he was. He was right there in that car watching me hit the blunt. Car is hotbox, like it's on fire. It's his face is like Anastasia, and I was just like, "Oh my god, no!" <laughs> and I was just like, "Hey, hi, uh, what's up?" And he just couldn't say anything. He was so shocked, and I was just like, "Yeah, this looks really bad, but I'm not a bad person. I promise. I just smoke." <laughs> um I mean the the moment was really embarrassing for me I was just I tr I just like turned my back to to the car and I was just not facing him and I was like I felt ashamed and embarrassed but I thought back to that and I thought that was pretty funny because it just represented kind of the dualistic nature of someone who can be so innocent and uh religious and you know very conservative to completely go in that opposite direction and become wild and crazy and you know just completely um the opposite of the person that i used to be but i i needed to go through that phase i don't think people really understand the importance of going through phases where you need to kind of experience the opposite ends and dualities of your own spectrum and perspective because of course i can be very conservative can be very calm i can be very light and soothing and very easygoing and calming but sometimes i can be very rowdy loud uh i could be very intense person extremely intense i like to have fun sometimes i like to go out to raves and clubs and hang out with people listen to music and wild out you know i love doing things like that but of course you know that balance is so important because I was too polarized to the extent I was just way too conservative and I feel like I was suppressing my true nature and I really wasn't being who I wanted to be. And so it, since I had been suppressing that nature for like my whole life, it just completely flipped switch and I went to the completely opposite side. You know, I went from like the light to dark side, but of course I don't believe darkness is inherently evil or negative or bad, I think experiencing um, the opposite aspects of yourself, you know, your shadow self that has all these unconscious aspects that have been withheld can actually be very liberating, you know, if done the right way, of course, in a healthy manner. Of course, you know, I did it in the wrong way, but that was needed because now I can reflect on that and realize, yeah, you know, I do like those things. There's certain things I don't like about who I, who I was. You know, those are things that I don't do anymore. And my life, you know, I'm productive. I wake up every day, I work, I, you know, I, I keep myself, you know, in heading in the right direction and constant um, steady progress. Like I mentioned previously, you know, I was, always have that mentality, but now it's just, I, I'm glad I lived so that I can know what I want to do with my life and really keep my head on straight and remain stabilized and centered. Um, but yeah, so during my spiritual awakening journey, um, 
I started having a lot of paranormal experiences. I I started dreaming a lot. Um, I have it like a couple of dream journals on my laptop that I could, um, which I might just do. I might just go through some of my dreams and their interpretations and things like that. Um, so I might get like a dream interpretation Bible and go through and kind of pinpoint all of the different symbols and meanings of dreams and go through them on the podcast. So I, I know this is going to be like a very messy beginning. It's not going to be, oh, this point, this point. Like, I'm not trying to do it like a PowerPoint presentation. Like, I'm absolutely not. I just want to go in whichever direction, um, you know, the conversation heads and just go off the dome and, you know, you know, also integrate some knowledge and, you know, truth into these podcasts based also um, insights and perspectives and things that can be malleable and changed. And, you know, because there's no constant, there's no constant, you know, truth you know, the truth can always be changing according to what you learn and what you uh, don't know. So honestly, at the end of the day, uh, I'm just happy to be in this position in my life where I feel like I'm progressing. And that's just been the theme of my life currently. Um, Another thing that I experienced during my spiritual awakenings was just a lot of um, visions of my life, the future, I've experienced telepathic communication, and I've gone through a lot. Um, sorry, my mom knocked on the door. I should probably get one of those podcasting um, do not disturb signs and put it outside on the door because ah, families don't know boundaries sometimes, unfortunately, but I'm not saying that in a negative way either. I just more so believe that it's important to have your space and time when you're focusing on something and let it have your undivided attention because, of course, if things can wait for later, I've always, you know, do my best to set my priorities straight. So um, for sure, uh, that's so many different realizations I've had. I could probably talk about my realizations for hours. It's just, it's it's like a loaded topic that could probably be an entire book written about which I just might do. Um, I do have some wonderful ideas that I'm coming out with. The only thing that I won't talk about on this podcast are project ideas or anything of the specifics as far as things that are yet to be released in the future. And the reason is just because some ideas are very sacred to me and they mean a lot and I want to be the first person to put it out there. But of course, if anyone wants to imitate that idea in the future after it's put out into the universe and I've already set that foundation and uh, made it tangible enough for it to be imitated. And of course, but if I'm just like projecting out ideas like there's no tomorrow, then, you know, I don't have enough for myself so that I can invest into a project. You know, someone else is going to take that idea, run off with it, and maybe even create a million dollar, billion dollar business. So that brings me into the case of, um, I, I do want to talk a bit about social media. So when I was going through my spiritual awakening, um, I started you know, tweeting a lot more on Twitter about my realizations, my experiences, um, you know, like paranormal experiences, psychedelics, um, you know, just dreams, uh, insights. And I started getting into um, the spiritual side of Twitter. And of course, I don't consider myself a part of spiritual Twitter. But, you know, the things that I tweet can be related to it. Um, And so I just... I started blowing up on Twitter once I started doing some more social networking. I got invited into something called a tweet deck where it was a bunch of uh, content creators on Twitter sharing tweets and exchanging 
uh, content between each other. And so I became a part of it. Uh, I'm very thankful for that happening, of course, but it also brought me to a lot more darker realizations about the uh, negative aspects of social media and the ego. The ego is just, it's astronomical when it is inflated by validation. And it is insane what it can do to someone's personality. And I'm thankful I never really let it get to me to that far extent, but I've seen it get to other uh, content creators and or more so like content imitators on on social media and i'm not saying um i'm not trying to i'm not trying to belittle anyone for for doing things like that for imitating each other and just siphoning off of each other's content it sounds worse than what it is but uh at the end of the day i consider content creation or any form of creation to be a sacred process because it consists of you investing your creative energy into a singular thought and actually put it out into the world, into reality. And it can be through art, it can be through books, it can be through, um, you know, a service you're doing for others, whether it's tarot, psychic readings, any form of divination, you know. I, I believe that there are people out there that have, you know, very pure intentions with what they do, and they really do want to help people out. But unfortunately, there's always going to be people out there that just copy and paste, and they do it based off of popularity and being liked and making money like it's all ego-based and I've seen people they um they've just become so indulged in the dopamine highs that come from validation and being liked I did detach a lot from it going into October of last year I was posting very regularly on my social media for a good amount of time I do go on breaks from you know time to time from posting and to kind of bring my energy back to myself and focus it into other areas of my life. Um, but I've been relatively more inactive. I post every once in a while, but now I'm really getting back into the algorithm. And I'm starting to realize, you know, like if other people don't support you, then, you know, pretty much you're just going, you're, you're going to fall off the map. And um, that's why I'm starting to realize the quality of, like the not not just not really the quality but more so the intention or the reasoning for why someone liked my tweet is so much more important than how many people do and i just um i want to put words out there that i i would definitely say to myself and to others and um i don't want it to just kind of be this fabrication of what people want to hear or what what i want to present myself to the world i i really do mean the things that i say and I just cannot live with myself knowing that I would just be spewing things that I don't actually preach. And I've noticed, you know, there's just this large spectrum of people who, you know, they they preach, but they don't practice. And, you know, if you were to see the, the behind the scenes of their life, it's like, dude, you say all of this, but do you really mean it? Like, where is it really exemplified in your life? And I just, that, I, I had that realization for a while for pretty much my whole life but it was just magnified through social media especially and I think one of the most important things you have to do you have to do this or else you, it's just it's just a matter of like who are you if you don't do this then who are you and that thing that you need to do is you need to detach from your own beliefs your own perceptions and and stop seeing yourself through the lens of 
others. Start seeing yourself as who you want to be, as who you are, and just let it be at that. Because it doesn't matter who likes you, doesn't like you. Literally, you don't even need validation because it's like everything you do is for you. Like these podcasts, for example, I hope they inspire people. I hope they help people out if they do listen. But of course, I I can't force myself onto anyone as far as any messages, any you know beliefs. You know, people have to be receptive and open to listening. And so when it comes to things like this, it, the same falls for me. You know, I'm not just going to listen to anyone. I'm not just going to, you know, um, attach myself to someone's words when, you know, they're not even representing the message themselves. And this is why I take credibility, um, honestly, to as one of the highest virtues that I, I hold myself accountable to is credibility. And the fact that if I tell someone something about myself or what I say, that it is going to be the truth and that it's going to be honest and you know obviously you know there are some gray areas when it comes to this you know sometimes you do have to lie to protect yourself in some case scenarios um you know there's definitely gray areas don't don't get me wrong but i'm saying as the uh foundation and primary basis for who you are you have to be living in your truth everything you present yourself to others has to be who you are and you're not pretending to be you know kind or nice or happy like you have to show your true reflection you have to truly reflect who you really are or else you're just going to get consumed in this uh fabricated image of who you think you should be and this is something that i had you know been a prisoner to for pretty much most of my life until i went through my exploration period and my spiritual awakening in which i had all of these uh very triggering um soul-shattering realizations that really, really broke me down to the core and altered the fundamentals of who I am, who I want to be. It, it's a lot when you go through the process. Um, you know, that's it, it's always a journey of constantly reinventing yourself. I never really feel like I'm going to be this person for the rest of my life. And I think that's honestly the most liberate, liberating part about it is like who I am now. It's like, Yes, this is who I am, but God, like, who can I be? And I'm not trying to say that I'm trying to chase this image. It's just more so a matter of time. It's just I'm going through the motions while also considering the potential. And so this is something that I've learned. It's just this balance. You know, you you take the past and you learn from it. You evaluate it and use it to alter the future. But you still have to continue living in the present moment and accept yourself as you are. Because if you're constantly living in the past and the future, then you're not really living in your absolute truth and you're not really seeing yourself or the reality for what it is. But this is um, just my message that I wanted to share with y'all today. Um, you know, I'm in the process of really opening up my throat chakra and, and really embracing my voice. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still learning and I always express this like I'm not a perfect person and I'm not trying to be. And I don't think anyone should ever try to be perfect. It's just a hell on earth mentality to have. I don't know why anyone would try to be perfect because life is always going to have its obstacles. You're always going to make mistakes no matter how far along you are because that's just the, the reality of the situation. You know, you can't be 100% perfect. And if you are, then, you know, kudos to you. But I don't believe anyone's perfect. I don't think anyone should believe they should be perfect or they are perfect and always see themselves as a work. So 
that is the message for today. Uh, I want to thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I really do appreciate um, your attention. You know, I don't want to waste your time, and I certainly don't want to waste, uh, you know, your attention. So thank you so much for listening. I wish you all the best, and take care.